Chapter 2, July 1965, age 10. Robert ran out of his apartment building, jumped off the stoop, raced down to Van Sinderen Avenue, and turned right. He looked up and saw the clear skies had graduated from a dark blue in the west to pitch black in the east. Since he and his brother Frankie attended Our Lady of Lords Catholic School, he rarely saw many of his non-Catholic friends who attended PS 155 from September through May. Weather and shorter days restricted the amount of time outdoors, which left the brothers inside the apartment. As with most siblings, this resulted in either playing or fighting. Summers, on the other hand, were a completely different scenario. From the time their feet hit the floor to the moment their heads returned to the pillows, Robert and Frankie's days were completely occupied by activities with their buddies, the entire neighborhood serving as their playground. Whether it was at Callahan Kelly Park playing on the monkey bars, or battling it out with rocks and empty beer bottles at an abandoned warehouse, or out in the street playing punch ball, Robert and Frankie's summer vacation never had a lackluster moment. Robert's friends were all older than him, and they formed a gang called the F&R, Fulton and Rockaway, made up of Italian boys who mimicked the popular street gangs on TV, such as the Dead End Kids or the Little Rascals. And just like the gangs on TV, the F&R was always getting into mischief or causing trouble. Stealing from the fruit stand outside the produce store, fighting with rival gangs, playing jokes on one another were just a few of the ways the crew entertained themselves. Robert looked up to these guys. They were tough and brave, whereas he was small and not very gutsy. Frankie said he was afraid of his own shadow, which incited Robert into a shoving match, but he knew Frankie was telling the truth. His size made him easy prey for most kids, even the ones he regarded as friends. He was especially afraid of the Bushwick Boys, another gang comprised of African-American boys who resided just a few blocks over on Bushwick Street. While school was in session, Robert's stomach twisted into knots right before he and Frankie walked to and from school, knowing that along the way they'd have to endure gang members' taunts and threats. When Robert got to the end of Van Zenderen, he slowed to a walk. He saw the familiar parapet that surrounded the stairs, leading down to a tunnel belonging to the Long Island Railroad. Leaning against the parapet were the members of the FNR gang, Joey Iacocca and his older brother Marty, Vinnie Gotti, Ali Boy Octavio, James Augustus, and the newest member, Robert's brother Frankie. The only member not there was James E. Reed. The Iacocca brothers' cigarette embers brightened in the dense darkness as they inhaled. And who did your dad say got mugged? Ali Boy asked as Robert approached. Mr. Luciano, James said. The old man at the deli? Yep said a black man hit him in the head and took his wallet while he's in the middle of the tunnel trying to get home. Robert began gnawing away on the nail of his index finger. And he was just sitting down there waiting for him? Maybe, James said. Or you just waited to hear footsteps from the other end of the tunnel. I heard there's lots of bums down there all the time, all black and strung out. Any one of them could rob you blind or worse. Robert knew about bums. They sometimes littered the stairwell of his apartment building, especially when the weather was cold. Often he had to step over one that was sleeping, and he was always afraid one would grab his leg. He noticed Joey was looking at him, wearing a grin so sly it was barely noticeable. Does that scare you, little Robert? At 12 years old, Joey wasn't the oldest of the bunch, but he was without a doubt their leader and the one Robert looked up to the most. No, Robert replied, his chest rising. He looked down the stairs into the ominous entrance to the tunnel, which caused him to reconsider his answer. He had been in the tunnel many times and never saw strung-out black men, but that was during daylight hours. Who knew what happened at night? Then I guess you wouldn't have a problem going into the other end. What, right now? The boys laughed. Yeah, right now. 
Ain't nobody here brave enough to go in there. I'd rather spend the night in a haunted house. Marty did it when he joined the FNR. Robert looked at Marty. Is that true? Yeah, I did that, Marty said, blowing out a stream of smoke, looking to the sky at nothing specific. Tell you what, Joey said. You go into the tunnel. Me and the boys here will let you be a member of the gang. Just the thought of doing what Joey proposed caused the same stomach tension incited by the Bushwick boys. He knew that dares proposed by the FNR could be dangerous. A month before, while he was tagging along with his brother in the gang, he was challenged to touch the third rail, the source of electricity that powers the Long Island Railroad trains. Despite knowing that he could very easily get hurt, he succumbed to the desire to show he was tough. He touched the rail and nothing happened. He was then challenged to touch it with a wet finger. Still nothing. One foot in the air. Nothing. No matter how Robert touched the track or with whatever appendage, he never got electrocuted. Another friend wasn't so lucky. He suffered third-degree electrical burns and was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And he didn't even touch the rail. He threw a piece of metal that exploded when it hit it. Robert looked down to the tunnel again. Just go in there? And go all the way to the other side, Joey added. Robert hesitated. It was one thing going in there for about 30 or 40 feet and then come back the same way. But to go all the way to the stairs and out the other side a good 200 feet away, he might as well kiss the rest of his life goodbye. There were no lights in the tunnels, so by now it had to be pitch black most of the way. If someone were in there waiting for a victim, he'd be dead meat. I can't see down there, Robert said. Here, Joey handed Robert a lighter. Now you got a torch. He put his arm around Robert's shoulders. So you going to do this? Robert stared at the lighter, cradled in the palm of his hand. The desire to be accepted into the gang outweighed the risk of danger to himself. He nodded. Okay. Joey padded his back while a few of the boys snickered and a couple others cheered. His brother Frankie just grinned. When you get to the other side, just give us a wave with the lighter. Robert slowly crept down a couple of the steps and turned around. Joey shooed Robert toward the entrance. Go ahead. Despite a sudden urge to run away and live with the humiliation of being known as a coward, Robert descended the rest of the steps and entered the tunnel. It only took a few seconds for his heart to find its way to his throat as he moved deeper into the tunnel, the echo of his footsteps bouncing off the concrete walls and its flat roof. It smelled of urine and oldness and a few other distinct odors he couldn't quite make out. He opened Joey's lighter and lit it. It helped him see a few feet in front of him, but it also created looming shadows that made Robert even more nervous. He was moving much slower than he'd anticipated, only because he couldn't see very far in front of him. As he moved along, the tunnel appeared to get smaller. From the other end of the tunnel, he heard the familiar screech of the train as it approached the stop. But coupled with the darkness and the possibility of danger, it sounded creepy, even foreboding. He picked up his pace a little, wanting to get out of the tunnel as fast as possible. It was only a few seconds later he heard a noise, which was still echoing when he stopped. Goosebumps shot up his spine all the way to his neck, causing hairs to rise. He stood motionless, his shadow ebbing and flowing as the flame blazing from the lighter gave it its own life. Even though it was a very warm evening, Robert started shaking and even considered turning around. But if he did, he could never face the F&R again, not to mention be a member of the gang. So after giving the sound enough time to dissipate and checking for any subsequent noises, he started moving again, only to stop when he heard a whisper. He turned around. Frankie? Joey? It was a single voice, 
very low, its words unintelligible. Robert heard the voice speak, then footsteps, and then it would stop. It's just somebody getting off the train and heading to the other side. He breathed in the vile odor of the tunnel and continued walking toward the other side. You gotta do this, Robert, he told himself. To drown out any other further noises, he started singing or humming when he didn't know the words. His fear had him so focused on what was going around him that he didn't sense how hot the lighter was until it was too late. He juggled it from one hand to the other, only to drop it, sending him into utter darkness. He swore as he turned around and squatted, placing his hand on the ground to brace himself. Unfortunately, his hand landed in a puddle of unknown origins. He pulled it out immediately, which caused him to fall back onto his butt. Nearly in a panic, he groped the ground in the dark, solely dependent upon his sense of touch, careful to remove his hand at the slightest detection of another puddle. After what seemed like forever, his fingers finally located the lighter. Just as he tried to relight it, he heard whispering again. This time it was much closer to him. Frankie? Frantically, he spun the thumb wheel, trying to spark a flame. As the fumes from the lighter ignited and lit up the surrounding area, his eyes flittered, adjusting to the brightness. He heard the whisper again, but this time it was distinct. Robert! Robert saw movement just on the edge of the lighted area. He screamed, and without concern for anything but his life, he turned and started running, keeping the lighter out in front of him. One thing Robert had going for him, he was a fast runner. It didn't take long for him to reach the steps leading back to ground level, where he was greeted by a chorus of laughter. Somebody's in there, he said, pointing back toward the tunnel, trying to regain his breath. This only made the boys laugh even harder. I'm not lying, he heard his name echo out from the tunnel. Did you hear that? By this time, Allie Boy was rolling on the ground in hysterics. Joey and Vinny were crying on each other's shoulders. He's coming, we gotta get out of here. He grabbed Frankie's sleeve and started tugging, but Frankie just held on to him and pointed toward the tunnel entrance. Look, he said. At first, all Robert could see was the silhouette of a person, much smaller than the person his imagination had contrived. As that person came into the glow of a nearby streetlight, he could see that it was James E. Reed, the missing gang member. Robert, he said with the same chilling whisper he used inside the tunnel as he climbed the steps, holding his arms in the air like a ghoul. Hey! Even though he realized he was no longer in danger, his heart still pounded away like a hammer in his chest. Robert loved pranks. Once he nearly gave his mother a heart attack when he painted his shirt and ketchup and came tumbling out of his and Frankie's room, claiming Frankie had stabbed him. It was one thing to be the Joker— it was a completely different thing to be the butt of a joke, and he didn't like it, especially since it negated the chance of him becoming a member of the F&R. Jamesy! Robert walked over to him and pushed him. Easy, easy, Joey said as he threw an arm around Robert's shoulder. Well, that's not fair. He... It's okay, Joey said, still chuckling and wiping his eyes. Robert felt like shedding tears, but knew that would just bring on more teasing and taunting. But I didn't make it to the other side. You know what, Joey said, moving Robert in front of him. I think just you going in there proved you're pretty brave. What about you guys? He said to the rest of the crew. Even though they were still shaking from laughter, all the boys either said yes or nodded. You see? So does that mean... Yep, 
You're now an official member of the FNR.